Again, I see the number recording on my screen. It just started now, halfway through your conversation. Well, then you can cut out that first part because welcome to Rona Geek Official Podcast, episode 133. This is Alex Austin on the recording with us today. We have uh, Robot Plebeian Adam. Robot Plebeian Adam. And we don't know if he's all about love or death or just plain being a robot. We're not really sure yet, but we're going to figure it out as, the, as we go through this very seminal episode, because uh, one of my previous favorite episodes we ever did was the three of us, you, myself, Rob was there as well. And we discussed Love and Death and Robot Season one and this is of course the netflix series it's an anthology series nothing is tied together at all whatsoever it's kind of like uh here's some concepts about you know what could be sci-fi animated sort of entertainment in the near future right and i think as far as i can tell the only connecting thread between all of them is that they involve one or a combination of love death and or robots there was something i didn't know what they what they had at all i don't there was some i'm like i don't know whether it's love or death or robots but we'll get more into that we'll get more into that because you know, this season, you know, is going to go down in history for one thing. And and one thing, you know, and, and I just want to set the right tone here. Uh, and it's going to go down in history for being an absolute fucking departure from season one <laughs> in almost every way, shape and form. And I just want to say that right at the top. Uh, because this is going to be an official Ronin roasting of uh, Love, Death, and Robots season two. I can tell you now. I can tell you now. I'm fired up, man. I'm fired up. So yeah, you're I ready do, to hate. I'm ready. Oh, <laughs> Fire up the hate train, baby. So because it's about to take <laughs> off from the station. I took uh, first impression notes from each episode as, as, as we went through it. Some more in depth than others. A couple episodes definitely felt like coming home to Love, Death and Robots, but only a couple. And I think we're probably going to be on the same page about which ones those are. And I can't wait. We'll discover it as we go through. But I suspect yes. it's going to be the same, too, for uh, for both of us. When we find um, out that one of us that we disagree, then we'll have to go to war at a boxing match or something. It's where we're going to have to we're going to have to we're going to have to fall in love or someone has to die or we have to build a robot. I'm not sure which. That's it. So. It's the only, yeah, solution. Yeah. <laughs> only solutions in this scenario. <laughs> um, I wish I could say something about this in terms of, um, you know, an animation studios or voice actors or anything like that. Uh, there, there's not a whole lot going on there. There's a lot of um, independent animation studios involved in this project. There was in the first season yeah. as well. Uh, I think that's so, where it shines, though, is it gives people who don't get a full movie opportunity to just do their small vision. I would be interested to find out, and, and maybe we could look it up for a future episode when we care a lot more about the topic, which I don't at all. Uh, and maybe what we could do is look up to see exactly what these animators do otherwise. So because I, I don't know, there's a couple that are linked kind of off the Wikipedia the first one from the first episode, his name is John Scalzi. He won a Hugo Award for Best Novel. I, I don't know. He's a consultant for the TV series Stargate Universe. I don't know. So he's probably he's a writer. A, he's just a writer. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just kind of interesting. I'm sure some of these uh, creators come from like all walks of life and some of these writers come from all walks of life. But it is interesting kind of seeing each idea kind of take shape, some definitely more so than others, because each one of these episodes is probably less than 10 minutes long. There might have been one that went a little bit or maybe a couple that went a bit longer in season two. But it seems for the most part that they were keeping them right around 10 minutes. Um, yeah. And that's what I'm kind I, of seeing as I look back. Through I it. grew in love with these small, short anthology-like series in general because mm -hmm. way back in my young youth, you know, you were constantly taught, oh, the essay must be 200 words or bullshit number of words. And you just have to like pad it out with these bullshit words until you hit the number count, until uh, Microsoft Word can count that many words. And one of my English teachers when I was younger, he focused a lot on 
only use words that have meaning. It was very much the, if it doesn't need to be there, why is it there? Mm. And so his writing style was far more minimal. And it was write as short of a story as you can that still has impact. One of the biggest writing, one of the biggest things that probably impacted my life as a writer and why I love DMing and so on and so forth, Mm. he had us write a story that you have to tell a story where I care about the character by the end of one page. You have one page of single-lined writing. That's all nice. you get. Nice. And that I fell in love with that how to build a story that has all the same trappings as a full hour-long movie in 10 minutes or less. That's that's an amazing... I've never done that exercise. I want to try it, though. That's extremely cool. So that's... Uh, and that, that was... And, and that's basically what they didn't do for most of this series of Love, Death, and Robots. <laughs> I wish I understood the the episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I think the idea was many of these were supposed to range from, like, um, uh, almost like a Black Mirror style, like creepy to charming or anywhere in between. Uh, there, there were some that didn't really appear to have love or death or robots. And, and I still am trying to figure those ones out. Um, what I could say about the first season, though, of Love, Death, and Robots, the first anthology, I should say. Is it was fucking brilliant, and and the highs yeah. were were very 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 high. Um, like, I I really felt like that was a series where here's a bunch of creators who just had the latitude just to make whatever the fuck they wanted, like li- just literally anything, anything like any yep. gore, nudity, swearing, you know, grittiness didn't matter. They could do whatever they wanted. It was kind of like free reign, you know what I mean? And this season two, overwhelmingly, not not all of it, but overwhelmingly, certainly felt like. Um, uh, uh, they they wheeled it back a bit, and, and maybe purposefully. I, I don't know. Maybe there's some things that didn't make the cut, but but that's I just felt, that's just my overall impression. I felt in general they focused more on the graphics and the 3D of this season than the storytelling and the characters. It was more about who can have more realistic 3D than most other places. Two or three episodes didn't. That's fine, but they sucked horribly. Yeah, there was one, and I should see here the. Um... Oh, man, I'm really going to kick myself for trying to look something up while we're in the middle of talking about it. But the episode with the uh, with the um, the ice whales, what was that episode three, maybe? Right. Yes. So uh, it was yeah. actually episode two. Oh, oh, maybe there was three episodes I was really into then. Not not the ice one, but episode two. Yeah. I wonder if that's the same studio that did um, Zima Blue from the first one. Uh, oh, uh, I guess it's possible. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to look it up right now, but I suspect that's the case. So I think there are some returning studios here as well. It is Robert Valley. Yeah, okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that would make sense then because those those animation uh, styles are very, very similar. Um, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's the same studio, uh, Passion Animation Studios. You know, I'm glad you said that because I think there's three episodes then that I was quite fond of. And, and they're all kind of um, the, the, the theme for all of them is kind of the same. So we'll get into that. But let's talk about the very first episode now. So starting off uh, volume two, this is the episode entitled automated customer service and what a uh, weak fucking start <laughs> yeah it, it was it was pretty rough um I, I was i was quite surprised that this is where they decided to start it off and I, I think it was supposed to be a lighter start than season one because season one starts off with arguably one of the best episodes in the whole series which is sunny's edge and uh it, it's about the, the the beastie fights right so it's about yes. this, these these creatures and then i don't know i guess the the the, the main character the woman didn't she have some sort of powers or something well what and, it was is everyone mentally controlled beasts that's right to fight in a ring yep. and sunny's edge turned out that it wasn't a human controlling the beast it was the beast controlling the human so the beast yep. was in the ring 
Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, and that was a fucking brilliant episode. I remember absolutely loving it. The animation was insane. Like it's even, it really even, set the mood with the violence, the sex, and the twist. Yes, it definitely did, and and it was a very strong start. Not so with volume two though, with automated no. customer service. This is uh, ostensibly a story about. Let, let me just. So it's an old woman grappling with uh, an assistant robot in like her retirement home in Palm Springs. So it's basically what yeah. this was. And uh, the robot is it, it malfunctions and it turns on humanity. So it's like the most like by the numbers, like robot turning on humanity story. And, and it's yeah. it supposed to be kind of a cute take on it because it's trying to kill like the little dog she has. And she's running around the house trying to save herself. But the robot is locked on the house so she can't get out. And there's just it, there's just a lot of you know hijinks. And, and there wasn't any conversation yeah. or anything like that. Um, very, very clap trappy, I think, was the note I took on that one. Very clap trappy. Oh. Uh, yep. When we're watching it. So basically the little robot think murderous claptrap, which we've already seen. If you've played Borderlands, you've already seen murderous That's just claptrap. Yeah. Yeah. And this was basically a claptrap. That's all it was. And uh, there was nothing original about it. Uh, the animation, while, while the animation was slick, I, I hated the animation style. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hated the art it. style. I'm just like, this is the dumbest fucking, why would you waste any amount of time doing the animation like that? If you're going to make any story, <laughs> I just don't, I can't wrap my mind around it. It was just, it was just dumb. I'm just like, this is not fun to look at. Like, there's nothing about it. Anyway, um, yeah, pretty drab episode overall. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was weak. It, honestly, it was so, the storyline that they were telling, part of why I come to Love, Death, and Robots is to see something unique and interesting. I know a hundred stories that are the exact same as this. It brought me nothing new, nothing special, no twist ending. Oh, these two went off into the sunset as old people on a golf cart as they are going to rebel. It's like, ah, fuck it. I've seen that before. Yeah. Against, for some reason, all of the ro robots want to kill them at that point. So like, yeah, cause they didn't buy the warranty package or whatever. Yeah. It was just, it, it was just, it, it was like, so, like self-referential and just boring and just i, I don't know it's very it, it seemed very full of itself like like i was just going to be into it which i definitely yeah. was not i was just like they this did is this like fly in into the universe to teach you the universe that ended up being worth nothing because all you ever got to see was the house right right so i didn't need to see the flying i thought it was going to be about a town it turns out that like it's that wasteful moment that i'm talking about it was empty useless space they could have just cut to the house. They should have Spot just on. cut to the house. Spot on. Or or something interesting about the character because I didn't give a shit if she got blown to hell by that robot or not. Like, I didn't <laughs> care. I wanted to see it. I'm like, let's let's paint the walls with this old lady, man. Like, let's get it done, dude. So that's what I wanted to see. That's what I showed up for because that's love, death, and robots, baby. So anyway. Here's your retirement package. Yeah. So first episode arguably was about the death of a robot and maybe the woman's love of her dog. I don't know. That's all I got. Oddly enough, I think that one ties closely for me for the second worst one. Oh, okay. I'm curious if we're going to agree on the worst one. And once we get to it, yeah. So um, ice then, so you talked about, we both liked the original Zima Zima blue. We both liked that one. And so that's, so the director's name is Robert Valley. The studio is passion animation studios. Very, very distinct yes. animation style. Very slick. I like it. Uh, and it's not, it's not traditional CG animation. It's, it's still, it's still computer animation, but it's, but it's 2d image. Uh, versus 3D, or at least it's made to look like 2D, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, although with like 3D backgrounds, uh, pretty pretty uh, interesting episode. Not nearly as good as Zima Blue. Zima Blue was was I think that was my favorite episode from the first season overall, uh, and it had a really deep message to it, and it was just it was very uh, uh, very artsy kind of right. And then this yeah. didn't really 
I, I don't know. There was nothing really artsy about it at all. I was very interested at the beginning of the episode once I saw that it was a similar animation style. And I thought, well, maybe it's the same writers or whatever. So I was very curious where it was going. But it's ostensibly about uh, a boy and his brother. His brother has, maybe you could explain it. I'm not really sure. Some sort of abilities. like a, So what happens is. Well, well first off, everyone, they're on like a different, they're like a, a colony on Titan or something, right? Yeah, this family of more or less normies where they used to live in a town where, okay, some people got augments, whether it's biological or mechanical is irrelevant, mm. but they get some type of augment and they ended up moving to some moon on Titans like ice mining or some shit. And there, because of the harsh environment, everyone was modded except for this one individual, this older brother. That There's these brothers that are the main part of the story. The older brother has no augment, so he's actually overshadowed by his younger brother. Mm. And he tries to prove himself to make friends, to prove himself to the people there that look at him as a lesser person. And they go on this super dangerous mission to enjoy a sight to what is ostensibly not that da- – it's kind of dangerous for the augmented. It's fairly dangerous, but it's not – deathly dangerous and Mm. they go to do that whereas for him because he's not augmented it's a super dangerous task but he does it just to prove himself to both himself to the people around him and to his brother yeah and then and then they they go out on the ice and they're running a little bit and i don't know they do something to instigate these ice whales or i don't know whatever they're supposed to be under the ice then the ice whales are all jumping out and breaking ice and you think oh they're gonna get swallowed up what's that it's all pretty. It's all supposed to be yeah, spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it's, at the sights. Ooh, look! It's, it's the bright lights, and I'm like, I, I don't care. When does when does the walls get painted with somebody's guts? Like, when does that happen? Anyway, it didn't. It didn't. Really <laughs> when is the because, death part of this? Yeah, yeah. Where, where's the death part? Anyway, they got away. Uh, they were fine, and they saw the beautiful thing, and then everybody was best friends at the end. So, I, I yeah. In this one, it was about the younger brother who he faked his own wounding to prop up his older brother. It was about brotherly love. This was the, out of love, death, and robots, this was love, but it was brotherly love, not romantic love. Mm, mm. And he did that to help his brother fit in so that his brother could take the step. Um, and that's what it, that one was all about. Whereas obviously the first, sorry, I should go back. The first one is all about robots and yeah. potentially death. This one is all about brotherly love. That's yeah, where yeah. the love, death, robots come I would say, yeah, I would agree with that theme. Anyway, didn't like it too much uh, by the end of it. It was, it was okay. But, but it, I, I feel like I could have seen that on, you know, it wouldn't have been out of place on YouTube or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I, you know. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the theme with season two. I think we're, we're I can start talking about the theme where most of the episodes I went, yeah, okay. I could have, th- like, not that not to say I could have thought of that as in I didn't think of that and look how special I am for not have thought of that. No, I thought about those story plots. I have made those story plots in D&D and in as a dm they're not Mm. special to me i oh i i don't want to say i could have thought about them i want to say i did think about them they're not a unique thought to me So now we do get into what I think is probably the the first uh, of the three episodes that I quite like, uh, which is called uh, Pop Squad. Yes. And uh, th- this is this is definitely one of my favorites from the season. Definitely felt like one of the heaviest episodes as well because of the themes in there. Uh, so so very very sensitive themes here for people who might have a light light stomach. <laughs> so just a heads yes. up. Uh, it, it's it starts off on, on a really low note, and, and I should say about this one. So this one actually has a couple voice actors who you would know. First off is Nolan North is the main character, uh, oh, which is pretty really? cool. Yep, and then uh, Elodie Young 
she plays, uh, I guess, the main woman in it. She must be the partner. She must be the partner of his. Uh, she would oh, have the second most lines. She and plays Electra. She plays Electra, yeah, in, in the Netflix series. So oh, kind apparently of, there's Jennifer Hale in there, too. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jennifer Hale's in there as well. So, actually, uh, pretty pretty good episode. It starts off, so you have the, you have the cop. Uh, they're, they're sort of rounding up somebody in their house, arresting them. You're not really, you know, whatever. They got the kids in the corner. And then and then they say, well, you know, you, you can go wait outside. I'll talk to the kids or whatever. And at this point, I'm just thinking, okay, whatever. They're going to go, you know, they're going to take the kids and, you know, take them in or whatever. And then, uh, no, he straight, like, pulls a gun, cocks it. And that's the end of the scene, man. And I'm like, holy shit. Did they, did they just do that? <laughs> did they just, yes. like, kill kids on this show? Anyway, then it... And then it picks up uh, afterwards, and, and he's, uh, or maybe quite a lot afterwards, when he's at, at the party, and then there's flashbacks to the scene just after. But he's definitely quite shaken by this. And, and well, it's to... clearly not his first time, and they imply that he's been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, because they're in a world that's apparently been overpopulated, and it's their job now for the elite class to control uh, the breeding of, of the lower classes. So, well, it's not just that. It, there's a comment from his girlfriend. So, throughout the story, he meet. You kind of learn more. And I, I this is why, by the way, this is, I think, my favorite episode of the series. Maybe second best. It's really hard to judge, but I think it's my best. I think it's my favorite. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Yeah, yeah it might, might be favorite. my favorite, too. Might be. It's, it's, it's in close. It's a close one with snow, but well, we'll get to that one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we just answered our question. We both yeah. agree on which ones are the good ones. Yeah, yeah. So this one's definitely the best one, but they imply that everyone has gotten this injection that they can get every once in a while that basically extends their life. That's so right. Yeah, they're, they're are more, no longer yeah. dying. Yeah. Because people are no longer dying, they can't just let people breed because I think his words were, you can't have more come to the party if no one's leaving the party. Right, right. And they're very selective as to who they breed and who's allowed to breed and when they're allowed to breed. And they call the people who are breeding legally, they, they call them breeders, right? So they call yes. them breeders and they're sort of a second class society that live down closer to the ground, not way up high in, in these super tall buildings, these super tall cyberpunk buildings. Um some cool, cool uh, robotic themes in there, man. Like I'm loving the technology. I'm loving the futurism. I'm loving the Blade Runner esque feel on, you know, uh, I guess not quite as dark as Blade Runner, but but kind of the same technology and everything. Um, the animation was incredible, like absolutely incredible. In some of the character moments in it, like when the the main character, whose name is Detective Briggs, so when he shows up to uh, the house to meet with the woman who has the child and they have the conversation at, at the table there. Like th that was genuinely like moving and interesting. Like I, I was, I was very impressed by that. Yes. And the animation was just incredible. Like the way that they expressed and emoted and everything. It was so good. And this one, the animation in this was closer to real life, but, but not quite the same proportions as real life. Like the hands yeah. were a bit bigger and, and they were a little bit more animated looking, but it, it was, it was definitely there. And the animation was just, through the roof. So yeah, overall, I was very, very impressed with this one. I was, I was impressed with the, the ending. Uh, so he ends up uh, being confronted by his partner, uh, likely voiced by Elodie Young here. And, uh, and they end up having a little bit of a shootout <laughs> and it, it certainly doesn't look like either of them make it. No, so. definitely my, my wife, when she was watching it. So when I was watching it the second time, and even when I watched it the first time, it definitely gave me a lot of, uh, reminiscence of equilibrium. So again, mm. this was, dude, yes. Yeah, this wasn't an this wasn't a new idea. It wasn't special in my mind, but I think 
what the universe they created, this intrigue, mm-hmm. and the fact that they didn't just explain it from the beginning, you explored it like a detective. Yeah. And I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, honestly, which probably comes down to the writing as much as anything, feeding us yes. these tidbits of information as we went through it. So we were cued in without having to be like, uh, like beat over the head with it. And this, to me, this felt like more probably like season one of Love, Death and Robots than anything else yep. in here. Um, maybe except for Snow, but but we'll get to that one next. So yeah, in, in so the I, end, yeah, definitely one of the best episodes. This is the so-called Pop Squad, episode three. I um, want to throw out that this one was absolutely gorgeous in its delivery it reminds me of a film noir they did it very well with oh, yeah. the singing and his clothing style mm-hmm. i absolutely adored every thing single thing about this episode this one definitely was worth the season two i think maybe um but they could have just put out this episode and i would have been fully fully agree and we have one more enjoyable episode to talk about before before diving into some some dark i want to bring up a real quick thing this is from the same studio um and the same writers that did the shapeshifters episode in season one where the werewolves in afghanistan oh that's right yeah yeah oh that was a good episode too man season one was just packed man it was just packed with good episodes so there you go i just want to finish off with who what else they they have done that's what we're missing, man. Afghani werewolves. That's what we're missing. <laughs> anyway, uh, love because of his newfound love for children. Death because uh, a lot of people die. So many people die. And it's such oh a my short God. period of time. Blur Studio. Uh, is it Blur Studio? Yeah, Blur Studio. The same studio that we just talked about that did yeah. this one. Also did the Suits episode. The one with the farmers and the mechs. Oh, that one was so good. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Where they were so. fighting uh, what looked like those dog creatures from Borderlands. Yes, yes, yes. Lots, yeah. so lots of shows drawing on Borderlands. So honestly, that that I think that's one thing we learned is that that studio is top notch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, any anything they do, I'll be able to watch then. Yeah. So there you so, go. Then we get to see episode four. This is called Snow in the Desert, and Snow is the name of a man, a very badass man. So yeah, I want to start with uh, this one was done from the same people that did the Beyond the Aquila Rift. Cool. Also, also a good episode from season one. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, also that episode was obviously about love and death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was lots, a little bit of love, lots of death. Yeah, yeah. A little, little bit of future tech for robots, I guess. Yeah. Uh, now, this is uh, about a guy named Snow. He's an albino. He's wandering a barren planet. They don't really, I, I don't know if they ever really acknowledge what planet it is, except they say it is a backwater planet at one point. Uh, so this is apparently into yeah. the distant future when humans have colonized many planets. And there's also alien type uh creatures not not creatures like sentient people around as well so they're species yeah species yeah yeah and uh and, and they look quite different anyway it, it was a cool little star wars like mixing pot at the very beginning when he shows up to town yes. he visits a bar you get like a little bar scene and there's a little bit of a throwdown that happens there then of course uh he's saved by a woman i'm trying to remember what she was called in the show i wish i wish i could tell you but anyway, so he ends up being saved by this woman, and then she wants to cross the desert because apparently there's it's something across he, the desert. Uh, Herald. That's her name. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Herald. Herald. And they decide to go out into the desert. He has the means by which to cross the desert, which takes days, so you have to spend a night there as well. And I guess at night the temperature drops to like uh, some ungodly extreme in the morning. No, no. It, it gets it, really hot, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Oh, no, it only gets hot, but it doesn't drop. It only gets hot. Okay. Yeah, it gets so hot during the day that they have to hide out in like a special structure type thing. Like tent with a cooling battery type thing. And that's the robot in this episode. That's it. 
<laughs> That's future tech, man. That's future tech. Condensers, making air conditioning. Yeah, man. So a portable we're, we're refrigerator. It. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're they call it a cooler. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Or how about that little um, know, that little hyperbaric air chamber he carries with him that turns out to just be holding strawberries. <laughs> oh <laughs> right, super, right. His super precious cargo uh, is just hey, strawberries. I can understand that. Hey, strawberries are good, man. Actually, my wife doesn't like them at all. She doesn't like berries. So that's just weird. Yeah, more for me. So more for <laughs> snow. No, I, I like this episode. First of all, it's graphically gorgeous. They didn't go, you know, in the first two, I think it was more artistic. Mm-hmm. In this one, it was trying to be mostly realistic. They didn't quite breach the uh, uncanny valley, which is to say they didn't, they did it just enough that they didn't go into the uncanny valley they're just before that they're not quite realism but they're just before the uncanny valley yeah it was i was somewhat more impressed with herald than uh snow um snow they did a really great job on but 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 as herald she, she traveled with him uh definitely definitely was a little bit more impressed with with her overall look they um, still did the same thing where their eyes are bigger than normal and so on and so forth to give it that bit of a cartoony look yeah but true. it was very minor very true you have to know what you're seeing to, to realize that's what you're seeing i didn't i had no idea what i was looking at it was just colors and forms moving on the screen and i, I couldn't even keep up it was incredible <laughs> you're like your child yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very... the teletubbies oh my god teletubbies got his arm shut off <laughs> just like this oh my god yeah yeah and uh yeah there is some violence that happens toward the end uh we do we do see these two kind of hook up a little bit turns out well, she's it turns out at the beginning he was hunted and because of something he is or something he has and he during this confrontation he had his hand blown off by oh that's right yeah 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 and he didn't really seem to be bothered by it it's because his hand grows back pretty quick i guess turns out that's a thing and then it also quickly realizes that's why they want him <laughs> yeah to find out how he's super healing so fast and apparently uh doing so really turns on cyborg chicks so that that's what I collected from this episode. That was the main. Well, that theme wasn't the theme of this one. Is this guy's clearly hunted for his, uh, effectively, what has made him immortal? Yep. Uh, his wife died long ago because she didn't have the same genes he does. So he's been lost and alone, and you know, strawberries are the only thing that give him peace. But it turns out he meets and falls in love with a slight android. I think she's classified as an android because an android has is no, it's a cyborg. It's a cyborg. A cyborg. Yeah, it'd be cyborg. Yeah. Yeah, she's a cyborg because she has only thing that's left from her actual original body. Brain. Is I think a bit of nerves and yeah. some parts of her brain. Yeah. So the idea is she can, in theory, live as long as he can. Yep. Because her body is now robotic. Yep. And so the whole idea is a this is love, death, and robots. This is this is why this is so good. It's the combination of all three. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you know what we call them from Battle Angel Lido, right? Uh, Hugo. Hard. Yeah, you hard bodies. Hard, oh, oh baby! Oh, 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 oh man! Oh, I got a remember heart that for ED, that body. Remember that ED conversation from the last episode <laughs> yeah. from Mass Effect? Mm, oh, we're boy. getting into it now. That was that was more just about love and robots, though. Not so much. Damn that. right. Maybe she kills you after. I don't know. She could be a Black Widow type character. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. This 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 was a, a gorgeous episode. Really cool violence at the end. Is is the hunters kind of show up to try and track him down? He almost you takes a out. What's that? You get, the re- you get the reveal through the combat of yeah. what she is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool, too, because part of the skin, like, burns off. And then yeah. when 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 they when he awakens, then he finds it. Oh, like, she's half, you know, not half robot. She's mostly robot. But anyway, you get the idea. Cool episode. I was very, very pleased. 
So one yep. of my favorites, I would say, from this. Season. I think this was my second favorite. I would probably place it at my second as well. Yeah, I think I think episode three was still my favorite. Oh, now, okay. Now uh, take a deep breath because <laughs> we're about to get into the ones. It only goes downhill from here. Yeah, and um, let's see what my notes are in this episode. So this episode is called "The Tall Grass." Oh. Yes, you heard me right. And uh, my initial, my initial first thought on this was anglerfish. LMAO, talk about being absolutely fucking doomed. Not sure how it's about love, death, or robots, but whatever. <laughs> uh, this one has to do with death. But nobody dies. Yeah, but so in this one, this guy is on a train overnight in somewhere the art style is very clearly 3d but they're trying to do the wet brush stroke kind of look like borderlands <laughs> yeah honestly yeah kind of like borderlands like, this whole fucking this whole fucking season just a rip off of borderlands <laughs> um he the train comes to an unexpected halt and around him is tall grass where you would suspect pokemon to be yeah and he he goes hunting for pokemon because he sees a little light in the distance I do love that the conductor is just sitting there. He's like, hey, what's... He comes out for a cigarette out of the train while it's stopped. Yeah. And the yeah. conductor is like, ah, you need to get back inside. He's like, well, I'm just going to come out here for a cigarette. Okay, that's fine. Don't go in the goddamn grass. And I mean that. Don't go in there. I will not stop and save you if you go in there. And he's just like, okay. Looks right over five seconds later. Shiny lights. Guess I'm gonna go in the grass. Well, yeah, it could be a Pokemon. That could be a Raichu right there. Like you have no it, idea. Well, it was glowing, so it was probably a shiny Pokemon. It was definitely a shiny dude. You would risk it too. Don't don't even lie. If you thought that it could be a shiny Pokemon, you'd be out there. However, this happened in what appeared to be like the late 1800s, early 1900s. So, so early early 1900s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe Pokemon hadn't been invented yet. I don't know. But like the fact of the matter is he goes into the tall grass, he's searching out these lights and the lights keep disappearing and then they appear further in. So he keeps walking in very predictably. He's lost, right? He can't get out. He's looking all around. He's kind of tripping out. He's hopping up to try and see over the grass. And uh, this total dweeb then. So he ends up getting chased by, I don't know what, what you would call these things. I've seen them many times in fantasy and sci-fi, like sort of eyeless troll-like creatures that come up out of the ground and chase him with claws yeah. and teeth and stuff. They kind of remind me of what you get if you combine the silence from uh, Doctor Who with zombies. Yeah, I've, you know what? I, I wish I could tell you. I've seen these exact creatures before in sci-fi, and I'm trying to think of where, and, and just so I could say it. And Everywhere. But what's it's that? It's so unoriginal that it's everywhere. Yeah, it, it's so, like, it, that's just it. Like, the themes, like, the characters in this one are so just, like, ambiguous you know what i mean it's just like this could be happening anywhere at any time and it's the same creatures i've seen so many times in sci-fi yeah. anyway uh there was there was no love unless it was for this man's love of pokemon uh pokemon <laughs> hunting there was no there was no death uh, i mean unless you count so, if these are the, zombies or something well they did talk about it so he ends up getting chased by these things uh he gets put into a hole of, and eventually the conductor does come and save him mm. and gets him back on the train just as they're leaving and oh yay okay and all we find out is that he believes that during this time for whatever reason the train stops here and anyone who gets off and goes into the woods most of them never come back and the suspicion is that that's what they turn into basically so they're like kind of like zombies like a liquor from Resident Evil 2. This is what I'm yes. thinking. Okay. <laughs> They're all liquors. Yeah. From, this is where the liquor comes from. This is a Resident Evil origin story right here. It, it absolutely is. But that's all we get. We don't 
really get to explore this character, why he's on this train. We don't get to explore why these zombies do this. There is no feelings involved. Yeah, and, and I didn't care about the character, and quite frankly, I wanted to see him get eviscerated. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, like, this one was also kind of hard for me to kind of buy into because it's just like, like, if it's taking itself seriously, then we'd have to imagine that there's a world somewhere where there's this plain or this prairie and at night it's just absolutely chock full of these bloodthirsty creatures just r- running around in small armies, like ripping everything to shreds. Like, like why would you build a fucking train track through there? Like nobody figured uh, that out. The idea is they built the train. It wasn't there. They built the train track and it, he mentioned something about portals that he believes that at night like that, the portals open. So they're not there during yeah. most of the time. So they're Rob would love th- talking about this one because this one's all about deus ex machina. Like that's what this one is oh all about. Oh my God. Yeah, yes, yeah. it is. That's all this is because like there's no explanation whatsoever. And in the last 10 seconds, they're like, oh, it's portals. And uh, that's where the dead things come from. And I'm going to rip you apart. So don't go there. That's that's pretty much what it is. It's people who went out into the tall grass and instead of finding Pokemon, they became Pokemon. And they always <laughs> come out during portals. Pokemon that just want to rip human beings apart. Like that's, you know. That's... Okay, that sounds like Pokemon. Yeah, not, not unlike a group of uh, Pikachus. Anyway. Um... So to be clear, this one is done from Axis Studios. And... This is the same crew. I mean, good animation. I'll give it to the animators. They, they beautifully animated, great or, looking. Sorry, not Axis. Um, but yeah, as far as the actual story goes, not my cuppa. Yeah, no. They they also did the helping hand in the original one, which is I think was my weakest episode. This is if you remember from season one, it was the one where the astronaut was kind of floating in space and she got a rip in her suit. And she had to sort of try and get her way back to the space station. I don't remember that at all. So <laughs> probably a good thing. It wasn't that great of an episode. So so far they have two. They have a dud and an absolute disaster. Anyway, they yeah, bring not it, come back. Bringing it back to Earth, making the episode shorter and somewhat somewhat less suspenseful with somewhat less story didn't even work out well for them. So there you go. Like, uh, yeah, don't don't do it again. I don't know. Maybe just move on without them. Just move on without them for the next season. Like, I'm kind of over them. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I forgot about this next episode, and I love it. So, yeah, but for totally different reasons, right? Yes. So, this is called All Through the House. It's also the shortest episode of the season, and clocking in at just seven minutes, but maybe only, like, four minutes of actual episode. And uh, (laughs) this is on Christmas Eve. Siblings Leia and Billy are awoken by the sound of rustling downstairs. So, it's ostensibly a Santa story. Yep. And uh, so little little Leia and Billy, they, they run downstairs. They're excited to try and get a glimpse of Santa Claus. And uh, and they do get a glimpse of Santa Claus. Quite a long, uh, terrifying glimpse because Santa Claus is actually uh, a present spewing monster. <laughs> like completely I've, covered. It like was a so- horrible H.R. Geiger yeah. style. <laughs> like if you take H.R. Geiger and make him more spidery, this yeah. is what you get. And it looked like crazy aggressive. It was like ripping through the cookies and drinking the milk and then the glass hits the floor. And then, yeah, it, it's it's pretty aggressive about uh, eating the cookies and drinking the milk. And the kids are terrified. They're terrified at this point. They're already in shock. And then it turns around to notice them and it kind of comes toward them and they back up to the wall because they think they're about to get eaten. And it's kind of opening its mouth with its lots of teeth and like phlegm. And yeah, yeah, and it's all dripping kind of and gross. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and all of a sudden it starts like going, ah, ah, like just sort of hacking and coughing. Like a cat. Yeah, like a cat. And then all of a sudden a present starts to slowly come, like a fully wrapped <laughs> present slowly comes out of its mouth <laughs> and lands on the floor in front of the boy. And then it does it again for the girl and. 
they got nice presents. I mean, they were into it, but yeah, it was just a, it was a pretty entertaining take on Santa Claus. Uh, that one I have to say was amazing. That was totally deserving. I, I enjoyed that one in the same way I enjoyed, I think it was the Hitler one in the previous season. The one where they just killed Hitler in like a thousand ways or something. Oh yeah. yeah, I remember, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was good too. Uh, it was funny because it, it actually identifies them both as good as it regurgitates the presents. And then they lay in bed at the end and the girl just says, what if we were bad? <laughs> 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 so yeah, this, this episode was entertaining uh, and it had no love. It had no death. Uh, and definitely no robots. So I, I just, I have no clue. I have no clue. I, yeah, that one I think is this. I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna stretch. Watch this stretch. Oh, here, hear me get here. Let's go. Okay, I'm it's ready. The love that the children showed each other that proved they were good throughout the year, and that love came from the monsters. Otherwise, it would have been death. My okay, I can see that. My my official review of this for my first impression was we have veered completely off from any themes, but this is still entertaining. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I liked it well enough. All five that, minutes of it. That is a very good. I, I that episode confused the shit out of me. It did not feel like a love, death, and robot episodes. But I wasn't angry. I very much enjoyed. Definitely it. palate cleanser, I would say, because the next episode uh, dives back into realism and it's pretty intense as well. It's, it's definitely my top three favorites. Uh, getting into this next episode here. Uh, so life hutches episode seven. Uh, medium length is only fourteen minutes long. This one actually was uh, voiced by none other than Michael B. Jordan, which I thought Kate, was pretty fucking cool. I didn't know that till you just mentioned that. That makes to much, so much sense because I always thought that the character in that episode looked like Michael yeah, B. Jordan. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't surprise me if we found out he did the mocap for it. So this is a uh, man coming to he's he's in a crash ship and then he has to try and find refuge on this. He's moon. in a war. He's yeah, in a yeah, military he's, war above a planet. Right, right. He's crashed down. Moon. And he crashes and it, he falls into the planet. And it turns out these military guys want to save their people. Mm. So before a war happens or during the war, they crash land these life hutches, which are, hey, if you crash, get to these life hutches and we'll come rescue you later when the fight fighting's done. Which is pretty fucking smart. Like I can actually see this being a future reality of war, right? Like there was I so don't. much there was so much in this that, that I could absolutely see like happening in sci-fi like it was just it was a really cool episode from that angle i thought uh so i don't see it happening because that inspires your soldiers to air quotes crash on the planet this way they get to just chill out of the war but that's but if you have an enemy that's sophisticated enough to try and find your life hutch which it didn't look like they did then uh then certainly it's not going to help you so it might be a sure. double-edged sword or it could turn out like it did for this guy which definitely wasn't too helpful so he shows up <laughs> to the hutch and uh there's a there's sort of an industrial robot that lives in there and, uh, and the robot's supposed to be there, presumably, you know, maintenance and keep the place up and running and whatever the case may be, clean up. Uh, this robot has already gone completely off the rails and is busy murdering anyone who shows up. So that's, they established that yes. pretty quickly. It's a very murderous robot. It's already on a rampage and it fucks him up. Like it fucks this dude up. So really bad. <laughs> like it, it slams him around. It steps on his hand, crushes it. Like his fingers are all jagged, fucking broken. And he can't scream when it happens, right? Because it's it's listening for him as well. And it's assuming that he's dead laying there, which is. Is which that is, what was going on? Yeah. Yeah. He, he couldn't, he couldn't like make a noise because then it would know that he was still alive. Uh, ah, yeah, I yeah. was trying to figure out how it, why it thought he was suddenly dead. Cause he put up his arms in front of him and that's when it stopped. And then well, he had, his I think arms it's because it couldn't later. see his face because I think it's looking for signs of life on his face and, uh, uh, and it, it couldn't see that. So as long as his arms stayed in place, 
you know, the robot might not know that, oh, arms aren't normally up like that over a human face. You know what I mean? But it, it looked at his face later and it didn't care. But but he wasn't he wasn't moving at all. He was just like laying there like totally still. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I, I I was a bit my upsetness by the way, I can't say I like this episode. I love this uh, episode. It's one of my favorites. Uh it was all right. Yeah. I think it's graphics and CG were outstanding. I just thought it was brilliant because to me it was one of those stories about like Here's a man, a soldier, whoever, uh, a, a fighter who has to overcome in like incredible odds with like nothing. He has like nothing. In fact, he ends up using like a little little pen light <laughs> to kind of distract yeah. the thing and and get it to start attacking itself at, at, toward the end of the episode. And I just I love that, and I love that everything they showed in it had some purpose. Like they did the flashback where he saw the pen light floating in front of him and he realized that it came down to the planet with him. And anyway, it was just, it was such a cool episode the way it all flowed together by the end. Um, I felt like two things. One, they shouldn't, there's two things here. One, I felt this was the first episode, but better graphics, right? It was man made machine turns against man. Oh yeah. The same story. plot. They just told it a little bit different. So I, I felt a little jaded from that because it's like yeah i've heard this story before can we can you do something different and new now they did it in a different environment but okay fine that's then not why special. did i care about this guy why did i care about him do the Adam, other do I, thing do i not care about old ladies you know you hate old ladies oh my god <laughs> them silvery haired foxes you can't it's you gotta can't be it them. man i'm like the first episode i see this cartoony looking lady i'm like paint the walls with her i don't fucking care and then this episode i'm like you gotta live you gotta make it out like i was so i was so invested in him you gotta survive yeah yeah (laughs) but it wasn't just that but i also i felt two things that i didn't quite understand i think they didn't convey correctly why the robot didn't identify him fair enough i think they needed to spend a little bit more time on that the other thing was i wish they didn't do the cut to the ship just before he uses the flashlight i kind of wish they showed the whole crash with all of the bits and pieces all of the hints that you need that remind him and he at the moment figures it out so that you get you're the detective you already saw all Mm. the pieces that were needed the Chekhov's gun you saw the flashlight you saw everything he needed to win the fight yeah that he had on him and that's all he had and you had to figure it out yeah and i don't remember there must have been something that happened in it that kind of led on that the robot was light sensitive or would jump at the light or something like that i I don't recall if something did something no it wasn't specifically light he just went after any movement okay yeah yeah so so i guess the light moving was enough any anyway yeah i an episode i quite liked i thought they did great with it this is something this is a a story i would like to see stretched out into a much larger story uh potentially and and kind of see what happens there so from a sci-fi perspective i was very into it and it had it had uh uh uh, some death in it the the, some of the soldiers died it had robots and then uh, love the love of um Crash landing on planets. Just absolute love for it. Just. <laughs> I, I think that episode did a good job of interesting me. And in, they had this like alien creature that they were fighting in space. Like this a- weird alien ship that just made no sense. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. That inspired me, but nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. The alien the alien ship or whatever they were fighting was crazy. Like that's that's why I got to know more. It looked like it could have taken place in like the uh, Fifth Element universe or something like that. Yeah. Remember remember the Fifth Element with the with the with the black the black planet or whatever that was like traveling toward earth. Oh, I love that. To kill uh, earth. Oh, I, I remember I, one of our later episodes, we're going to talk about our favorite movies and spoiler alert. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. We'll save it, save it for when we're doing, um, uh, raised by spoilers. 
Yeah, fair enough. That should be one of those episodes, which which we can let on uh, in this episode is going to be, uh, we can talk a little bit more about that project anyway. So anyway, the last, the final episode, I don't know, what. how far are we in here? How far are we in? We're 44 minutes. Okay, yeah, we're doing we're okay on the last time. episode. So this yep. is the last episode, episode eight, very short season. The first season was 18, I believe. 18 uh, this... glorious episodes. Yeah, it was 18 episodes. Yeah. Second season is only eight episodes. Um, I don't know. Which if is painful. Thought, yeah, I, I don't know if maybe they... In fact, I got to the end of that episode, episode eight, and I'm like, all right, ready for episode nine, halfway through, and it was already done. It was already yes. over. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's like I was very episodes. confused because it started playing the three robots, which is the first episode from season one. Yeah. And I, I was just like, oh, they're going back to this. It's a rehash of this story. Okay, let's see where this evolves to. And I think I watched like a half the episode. Yeah. And yeah. I went, this is the exact same episode. And then I, I brought up the menu and went, it is the same episode. All, all I felt was love, death, and confusion. I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I felt love for season one and a couple episodes from season two. I felt death because I wanted, I wanted to kill a robot. I was so angry. And, and three, confusion because I just, well, what's happening right now? Why is it only eight episodes and why is it moving on? Anyway. Uh, the Drowned Giant, uh, again, no love. The worst episode. Yeah, worst episode. No no love, quite a lot of death. Uh, actually, well, only really one death. One death, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, um, no robots. And and I thought this was the most just self-masturbatory piece of garbage, like yeah. story slash soliloquy I think I've ever seen in a film. It was so clearly bad. Clearly what they were trying to go for was the decay and growing old and eventual death of a man of mankind in general and they were signifying this giant as mankind and man and so on and yeah, so forth but, but, what but if i that don't man, care what if that man was 80 80 feet tall what if that yeah. like this so who what? the fuck cares nobody cares like i don't what like why should i care anymore about this guy dying than a regular human dying other than the fact that like people are running up on him and like jumping on his penis like what like what if, there's a large dead naked man on the beach that basically looks like andy samberg and that's the story of this. <laughs> I just didn't give a shit. I'm just like, why should I care? This is so dumb. And the whole time, the 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 guy talking, I don't know, he's just like, and then the body was there, and then I had a relationship, and I came to understand more about him. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, whatever, guy. Like, give me yeah. to the love and the death and the robots. That's what I'm here for. And and this was just this wasn't the platform. This wasn't the place. This wasn't the show. This is all wrong make another show uh another anthology show that's about you know bullshit like that and and, and, Bore, and, and boring stuff oh, <laughs> it was horrendous man like i i just i don't understand <laughs> how that ended up being a part of this um i don't understand who at netflix could have watched this and been like oh hell yeah like this has to go in this is Our, great yeah this is this is this is what we have to end it on this has to be the ending of this this yeah, whole this season. is the pinnacle of the work we're doing here like i just i I hated it on every level, and I'm glad to hear that you you felt the same way about it. Um, yeah, man, it, it was just uh, wow, it was just so bad. And anyway, it follows the decaying of this body that had washed up on the beach all the way from the spectacle of it, which is people coming, you know, the first crowds who are coming to look at it and uh, and, and enjoy climbing on it and whatever else you do with the large dead body through the decay stages, and then kind of them having to cut the body apart to like try and remove it from the beach. And then into the stages of, oh, now now his you know, bones and his dick are like just on display for everyone to see and uh, everything's a spectacle a and life is short episode. and whatever. I just this is so fucking I, dumb, man. I don't even fully know what to say about it. There isn't something to dig into and be like, well, if they adjust it with life hutch, I could find adjustments to make it better and sure. make it clearer and stuff like that. 
This one, I just go, no, it's a just bad all around. Everything about it is bad. I think it was made to be bad. I think it was made to be the antithesis of what we imagine Love, Death, and Robots to be. <laughs> so honestly, it was it was just garbage. This was hot garbage. Like, it was just so bad, man. It was hot, rotting corpse garbage? It was hot, rotting Andy Samberg corpse garbage. Like, it was just so stupid, man. Even the end, like, they made some comment when... They showed like they're showing the the bones around town and being used for decoration. Then they get to like the circus and it's slowly zooming in and you see through through a tent at the circus that that there's this big dick that's on display uh, is is like a spectacle or whatever. And they said, oh, but they now they say it's a whale's dick and that's not right. And I'm just like, who the fuck? What the fuck? I don't fucking care. Like, what is this bullshit? Like, why would you even write that? Why would you even write it? Like, how how stupid are you that you would write that and think that anybody fucking cares? Like, I just. Anyway, that episode just enraged me. The series ended on an enraged note for myself. I, I just, you could tell I'm, I'm agitated right now. It is how I felt when I watched it. What did I write about it? Here's what I wrote about that episode. Uh, at first, I thought it was going to be a contemporary Gulliver's Travels. Scratch that out. LMAO, is that Andy Samberg? Everybody climbed the dead guy. <laughs> LMAO at the, do- at the dick tent at the circus. Like, that was all I wrote about the yeah. notes for that episode. It was nothing good about it. It was bullshit, man. Like uh, it was terrible, absolutely awful. But um, it's so sad that we have to end this series, this discussion, on such a shit note from mm. that from that last episode. It's so garbage. It's it's hurtful. It was bad. It was bad. And and honestly, like it ended on such a note. It actually wouldn't surprise me if they ended up canceling Love, Death, and Robots after after ending on a note like that because it just it missed the beat. Uh, so far, and, and I haven't read any other reviews yet. I suspect that other reviewers might be saying the same thing uh, about that episode and some of the same things about the season. But it was just a really shit season punctuated by uh, a couple just really fucking brilliant episodes. And, uh, you know, episodes that could have easily been from from uh, the first series. Um, but, yeah, overall, this series uh, was muted. It was uh, a little bit boring. Um I just didn't fucking care throughout most I of it. I think it was not creative as the first one. The first one had very unique ideas, very unique storytelling. This one had almost nothing unique. Even their best episodes, they were not unique thoughts. They were just well executed. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, in fact, I would agree that as well for the first series, that's what made it so amazing was just it, it took it took viewers to so many places that just blew my mind. It just blew my mind on so many levels. I remember talking about that episode with you guys uh, uh, in 2019 when it came out and, and, and I'll put the episode in notes and I'll link it because it was, you know, you, you'll hear a lot more uh, positive <laughs> thoughts on, on that series as we get into it. I even went back and watched a couple of the highlights from that first series and just to kind of juxtapose it with one episode from the first series, um, like uh, The Witness was one episode that I didn't really like the first time I watched it from the first series, but then I went back. Which one was that? So that's the one with uh, the woman who's being chased by a killer. Right, right. Yeah. Lots of nudity. Lots like of nudity the time looping one. Yeah, time looping one. Yeah. And uh, at first I didn't really dig that episode, but I went back and watched it. And I'm just like, damn, like this is, it's like gritty. And it's like, there's like nudity and there's murder. And there's all oh, this crazy shit happening in this, man. It's like blowing my mind. And uh, and I loved it the second time around once I juxtaposed it with uh, basically everything from season two. And, uh, and now I want to go back and watch the rest of the first season, like suits and stuff like that. I really want to see suits again uh, as well. Yeah. That was another one of my favorites too. But uh, yeah, just if you want real Love, Death, and Robots, go and watch Series 1. If, if you want some bullshit with a couple good episodes, you know, watch Series 2. Um, I highly I highly doubt it's going to get renewed, though, after this. Like, it's just, uh, th- this was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> it yeah. was pretty bad overall. 
if they're lucky, they'll get another chance. They clearly show they have potential, but I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Wasn't there even an episode in the first series where like they battled like a Dracula or a vampire type character and they had to like shoot off its dick? Oh, right. Yeah, they were in like the and, and it was terrified of cats. Even that was better. Like that was so good compared to this. You know, like yes. it was entertaining. It was original. It was so much fun. Like uh, this was just, man, like, damn. God, they missed the mark. Anyway, uh, I, I digress. That's it for, for Love, Death, Robot Series 2. Uh, and yeah, I guess we should probably talk about something else as a palate cleanser before we end this. <laughs> so what we want to talk about by Raised by Spoilers, is that what we're calling it? Yeah, Raised by Spoilers. That's going to be our little pet project going on here. The first episode we're probably going to do in the next couple weeks. And basically what we've done is we've gone and watched a movie. So, Adam, do you want to reveal the movie for the first episode? Yeah. um, The idea was there was constantly a lot of times where uh, we were in conversation and someone would make fun of me for having not watched a movie. And this first time I want to do a palate cleanser just to get us ready for this. And it's going to be the Power Rangers movie. The original Power Rangers. Power Rangers, the movie. So the, yeah. the original ones. This is the 1995 um, uh, amazing movie. So I, I don't I don't even understand how they didn't do more of a take on this one after the original. And man, there are some highs in there. There are some lows in there. And there's also what was her name? What was her name? Nicaea. Ultimate. Ultima, what was her oh, name? Oh, da- Dalcia. I think it was Dalcia. Yeah. Dal- <sighs> Damn it! I can't so remember okay. her name now. But how did I forget about her? Like, how did I forget about I know. this woman? Holy smokes. I'm sure she had a major effect on my childhood, but we'll deal with that in the Raised we'll, by Spoilers. We'll, we'll discuss our sexual awakenings as teenagers, <laughs> as 12-year-olds, in Raised we by promise. Spoilers. <laughs> because certainly that happened when I first saw this movie. Because going into this movie with the expectation of Kimberly, which was all good, that was there, and then ultimately getting dealt this other hand. Oh, baby, I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be a great first episode. <laughs> it's going to be a great first episode. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that. Uh, and, and I guess we should probably do, what, what movie did we just mention? Uh, write it down. We just mentioned another movie, too, that we want to do. We did? Back at the beginning of this. You oh, said, Fifth Element. Fifth Element, yes. Oh, fuck yeah, man. But you've already seen the Fifth Element. Like a million times. Oh, so that goes against the whole theme, then. Uh, it doesn't have to, but generally the theme is movies that... I should have watched, but that I, by the way, I'm going to cut a lot of this out that I, that I should have watched that I never got to watch. Like Dr. Um, Strange Love was definitely that, on the top of that okay, list. That's what we got to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's what I want to do with Rob. Cause he's been pushing me to do that one. Uh, Dr. Young Frankenstein is another one. Ooh, good movie. Good movie. Yeah, man. Anything. Yeah. Uh, was that um, Gene Wilder? Yes. And yeah. seven samurai is one. Woo. Oh, baby. Getting into the so, Kurosawa. I'm getting all hot and bothered, man. I didn't know we were doing that. Whew, yeah. Love me. Love me some Kurosawa. I'm going to cut this part out because I, I, we don't know when we're going to do those episodes. And I said, don't, no, don't mention, cut it out. But... Leave, it, leave it in. So let people let people just enjoy and, and simmer on this concept. And maybe they'll even write us with some movies they'd like they'd like us to do. I don't know. So we'll wait and oh, see yeah. what happens. If you have any movies that I haven't, that you think I haven't watched and that I should watch, please message them. Please do. And you can hit us up at Ronan Geekery on Twitter. You can hit us up on Facebook at Ronan Geek News or Facebook.com slash Ronan Geek News. You can find us pretty much everywhere, all over the socials, all the time, everywhere. And also, there is an app. It is called Cephalopod app. And you can listen to podcasts there. And also, podcasters can claim their shows on the app and post bonus 
content, audio and video content. We've already done this for Rona Geek Official Podcast. We've already made uh, a little bit of money from people unlocking our content. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. And it's really exciting to kind of have a place to showcase some of the work that we've done on the side uh, that was still branded for the podcast. Uh, so pretty cool thing. Uh, I would suspect with uh, Raised by Spoilers, I think we want to do a video uh, production, correct? I'm not sure if we're going to start with that, but we okay, might okay. lead into that. Once pandemic is done and we can all join together, we might. Yeah, and it's, it's up to you how we post that. But as an example, you could take that as one example. And because it's kind of bonus, we could post it as its its own audio feed for free on a place like Red Circle and just make it into its own podcast. Or you could post it as, as a bonus episode on Ronin Geek under the bonus gallery within the app, which could be free. It could be cost a few tokens. It doesn't really matter. But that's the kind of idea behind Cephalopod and why you should get on there if you're a creator. Uh, a lot of people getting monetized on there already. It's going very, very well in its earliest stages. And uh, and yeah, I, I want to see everybody on there. I want to see all the podcasters on there. Let's get everybody in and uh, everybody get monetized uh, in, in a way that's not recurring monthly subscriptions. Because God damn it, I'm so sick of monthly recurring subscriptions in my life. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just can't stand it anymore. I'm getting nickel and dimed out of existence here. Um, but microtransactions, I can stomach those because uh, I'm a cell phone user. So I'm good, I'm good with them. Um, <laughs> And that's basically it for this episode of Rona Geek Official Podcast. Uh, so anything else, Adam? I think that's it. We've killed the topic. It's done. All right. Episode 133 signing off. This is Alex Austin. Robot Plumbing Adam. All right. Cool. Talk to you next time.